1: and welcome back to the Fenway Rundown. This is Mass Live's Red Sox podcast and we are excited today to be joined by really the newest member of the Red Sox, Kyle Hart. He's been called up to make his Major League debut on Thursday and uh, kind of surprised we were able to get him within 24 hours of his big league debut, but he was kind of us to join, or kind enough to join us. We have uh, myself and Chris Smith co-hosting today for once, which is always a disaster, but Kyle uh, thanks so much for coming on and congrats on uh, the big news.
2: Yeah, thank you guys. I'm uh, I'm glad I could catch you guys before I went to the field and uh, just getting settled in and uh, trying to uh, trying to get back to my routine somewhat.
1: So what was uh I guess yesterday at this point what was yesterday like? You know we we talked to you on Zoom the other day and obviously it was a possibility at that point, but um, actually getting the news that it was actually happening. Uh, what was that moment like for you?
2: Right. Yeah. I mean I felt it bu- building up a little bit, uh, but you know you you never want to you never want to totally believe in something that hasn't happened yet so I was still kind of on edge and and uh, there's always that uncertainty about what's actually going to take place so uh, once Billy Mack finally called me into the office um, with the pitching coaches and then Ben Crockett I finally knew you know okay this is really happening and and uh, I'm gonna have a chance to make an impact with with the Boston Red Sox so you know I don't know if it's fully set in yet but yesterday was as special as it could be given the the circumstances in the world that uh that we're all kind of operating in right
1: now right for you i mean this is not going to be the normal major league debut i mean there's going to be no fans obviously um how are your family and and friends gonna handle this i mean are they coming to boston just to support you obviously they can't be uh in the stands of Fenway.
2: yeah i think uh think everyone's just going to kind of take it in from home i know my parents are a little bummed Uh, my brother is going to get a flight and and come up and sit at a bar probably um that's just (laughs) who he is even though we're not really going to get to to see each other um for a number of reasons but Mm -hmm. he's going to do that i think my agent might do the same but i think most of my family and friends are just going to cut out of work early and uh and uh, have, a few, have a few early evening Thursday brews and just take the game. In. <laughs>
1: um, I guess at what point did you realize that, you know, obviously it's been, um, but they've gone through a lot of starters so far this year. They've tried the openers. They tried a few guys who really struggled with the big leagues. Um, at what point did you really start thinking that this was going to happen?
2: Well, I, I mean, I came into the, to the season with, my own set of goals and expectations for myself. And sometimes those match up with uh, the leadership of the organization. And sometimes they don't. And unfortunately to start the season, they didn't. And we had a conversation and, it, you know, I was totally fine with it because I trust the people in charge of this organization and the decisions that they have to make. And I just told them, I'm going to go down to Pawtucket, get ready and I'll be ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had um uh, you know, I had some health issues actually during the, the quarantine, not COVID related. So I was a little bit behind the eight ball uh, coming into the summer camp and I was happy to just get to where I was and put myself in a position to pitch and to be ready to pitch for this team. Um, but, you know, the, the guys that have been pitching for us, I have a ton of respect for, and, and really, you know, I believe in each and every one of them. And that's just kind of the group of guys that we have. So I felt like everybody that's pitched for this team has earned the opportunity to do so. And I don't think it's any different for me. I feel like I've been consistent. I've earned my opportunity. And uh, I'm just really thankful that they're giving it to me now, but you know, whether it's, it was in July or August or September or next season, I was, I was going to be ready for it and just cherish it when it happened.
1: You brought up, I'll let Chris jump in here in a minute, but um, yeah, you brought up that in Pawtucket, it's obviously a much different environment than you would have expected or anybody's ever been through trying to compete in those inter-squad games, facing the same headers all the time. But you said the other day when we talked to you on Zoom that, you know, you knew that, you know, those results still did matter, the people were watching um, That those things. I mean, how did you get yourself amped up for basically glorified scrimmages against your own teammates? I mean, a lot of guys have talked about how you can't really go inside, you can't use your full arsenal because you obviously don't want to hurt any of your teammates. But um, So there's obviously differences, but for you it seemed like, you know your last two outings, obviously, I think 11 and third scoreless. You're retired 18 in a row and one, and um, really made an impression during those.
2: Right. So I think um, two things. One, you have to be motivated, even though it it was tough every day to go in. And I mean, you know, kind of everybody's on a different wave length every day. Some guys are grinding, some guys are having a great, great week. You know, it's just everybody's kind of all over the place. So you have to be. Internally motivated, and realize how close you are, and understanding that, you know, COVID or not, with this quick startup, a lot of injuries have taken place throughout the major leagues, yep. pitching or, or position players alike. So everybody has to be ready, and then you add in the the virus factor of if a couple guys go down, you know, you better have been taking your job seriously in in the alternate site. So there's that motivation. Um, I think it's tough too, because you have to realize whether those scrimmages are, you know, totally, um, you know, it's not a perfect world, but the Red Sox have to evaluate off of something and that's all they have to evaluate off of. So, you know, whether it's a real game or not, whether the stats count or not, that's what they're evaluating off of. And you have to realize that, um, now, my job is to try to make those stats count, and, uh, and you know, that's kind of what I'm here to do. But I think everybody down there was taking it really serious, going about their business the right way and understanding that, you know, there might not be fans at McCoy, but, you know, and you might have a coach behind the mound calling balls and strikes, but this is what we got, and, and, and you got to work with it the best you can.
0: Yeah, Kyle. You mentioned your brother. Um, did he play ball himself or, or you know, is he older or younger? What, what does he do now? So he's eight years older than me. Uh, he played football in high school. He didn't play any baseball um, to speak
2: of, but uh, he's actually uh, in Memphis, Tennessee right now uh, working for uh, international paper. He's doing really well. He's, he's 35. So he's a full eight years older than me. Um, but uh he's that's the kind of guy he's, just jump on a plane and, and, and go have, have some beers while I, while I make my debut. So, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't trade him for the world. And he's, a, he's a gem.
1: That's yeah, awesome. he, He's he been retweeting uh, every article. I think that, that we both have about you. And, and <laughs> well, he, yeah. He's, he's DM me I a couple of times asking was, if, uh, if, if, if you're getting called up and I was like, so, yeah, I, I think so, but I, I'm not making the decisions here. So <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. He may be the most
2: he may be the most excited, you know, slash anxious person in my in my circle right now. I I would I would guess.
1: Um, what was the conversations with especially him, but everybody informing them that you'd been called up?
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. You know, everybody was kind of different. Um, you know, my parents were a lot more level headed than I thought. You know, my mom was like, like it was almost like she was. She already knew, you know, mm-hmm. and which she couldn't have possibly know, but she took it a lot more even kill than I thought she would. Uh, same with my dad. He's kind of all business. So he's just like, all right, cool. You know, and he wants to start talking about, you know, how we're going to attack guys. And I'm like, OK, easy guy. But um, <laughs> all my friends were pretty pumped. You know, kind of a, a steady slew of text has been coming in today. Uh my girlfriend is probably the best story. Um been dating uh Haley for over three years now. And she we we got a new apartment and she was doing some furniture shopping and I called her to tell her and she said, Hey, can I call you back in a little bit? I'm I'm in the middle of of uh shopping right now. And I just said, Yeah, call me back. So (laughs) when she finally called me back like an hour later, she was extremely mad that I didn't like (laughs) tell her, Hold on, hold on, hold on, I'm getting caught up. So but I knew if I told her right then and there, she wouldn't have been able to focus on getting me a comfortable couch. So, <laughs> you know, I wanted to let her finish her business. But uh, yeah, everybody, everybody's been really supportive, as you know, as you guys would imagine, and and uh, they're all looking forward to it.
0: It's actually, it's actually funny when you say that because I thought you were gonna ask. I thought you were gonna say um did she did she wanted to get a more expensive couch (laughs) because oh that's actually a good
2: point yeah she was like well (laughs) i've been looking at the ones on sale and i'm like well you know we're still in a pandemic and 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 uh everybody's (laughs) taking a a little bit of a pay cut here so maybe look at the ones on sale
0: yeah because mitch morland was once telling me he said uh he got called up while he was buying a bunch of hunting stuff on uh, on, on uh, the computer, and he actually, you know, ended up getting more stuff because of that or better stuff. Um, so when we talk about your your secondary pitches, uh, yeah, just a little bit about your pitch mix and the different shapes to your pitches. Um, you know, I've heard you have a different shape, a couple different shapes to your cutter and your slider. What, what, Just, if you could just talk about the, you know, the whole secondary array of secondary pitches. Well, yeah, I mean,
2: if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, the, the, the cutter is, you know, more, uh, horizontal and the slider should have a little bit more depth. Um, some days they'll blend, which I, it really nag, you know, it nags me, but, um, my changeup is one of my, my kind of my most comfort pitch, my most comfortable pitches. Um, uh, try to try to sink the fastball here and there. Um, but yeah, I, I've been really successful the last year and a half with the cut fastball. Um, it's not quite as, as, as explosive as I'd like. Sometimes it does blend into a slider, but as long as I get it to the spot that I want, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sweat about it. Um, but and then the curveball is kind of my, probably my fifth offering, but it's something that if I'm doing, again, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, it should have value. Um, and, it, and obviously for it to have value, it needs to be located as well. So you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be naive. I understand that my stuff isn't sexy, but I understand what I can do and I know how to do it well. And, you know, that's something that I've told myself the last four years, even into college, just know who you are be prepared going into the game and execute the pitches, you know, that you and your catcher want to execute. Um, And just don't try to be somebody you're not.
0: I'm interested. You're, you know, you're obviously a tall guy. Six foot five is 200 pounds is what's listed in the, in the media guide. Before your Tommy John surgery. That's
1: that's twice Chris Smith's height, by the way. What's that? That's twice your height. So.
0: (laughs) It is. Um, So before you had the Tommy John surgery at Indiana. Did you throw hotter or did, afterwards did you have to reinvent yourself or, or have you always just kind of thrown that, that same velocity? Um, I pretty much threw the same.
2: Um, and then tw- when I got the surgery 12 months later, uh, had some shoulder issues coming back. And then once I overcame those, I was pretty much back to the same velocity. I throw actually throw a little bit harder now. I know you know the last couple of years I usually top out annually at like a 93 or something like that, but usually I'll be 88 to, to 91. Um, I like, you know, if I'm feeling good, I like to have 92, 93 in the tank, just especially two strikes, maybe trying to get something up at the top of the zone, but um, it's just like anything else. I, I try to work on my velocity every offseason. It's not like I just am totally content with throwing 88, 89 all the time. Like I, you know, I'm consciously working on it, but it's not something that I'm going to drown myself in um, and get caught up in because I know at the end of the day as a 27-year-old, you're not going to go out and just find velocity going into, you you know, into age 29, 30. So I'm going to work on the stuff that I think adds value to me, movement, location, stamina, and then the preparation piece as well. But to answer your question, kind of the same... Type of velocity once I came back uh, from the surgery.
1: I know this so, has been something that, sorry, yeah, Chris, ahead. but um, you know you've probably been asked a lot, but you see constantly these organizations, you know, they really lock into the guys that they invested a lot in in the draft, first round picks. I mean, we saw, uh, you know, I, I like Brian Johnson a lot, and he was great in 2018. He obviously got a really an extended chance because, you know, at least partially, he was a first round pick, and we've seen other guys. Um, you know, get that long leash for you. 19th rounder, I think five sixty-eight overall. Um, yeah, I know you talked to Chris about this before, but do you feel like you had to work harder to get your chance than, you know, maybe a top pick would have,
2: you know, what, I, 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 there's always the murmurings throughout finally clubhouses about maybe why is a guy here when he's performing at this level versus a guy that's at a lower level and performing maybe better. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of guys will lend themselves to believe that draft position and the money has a lot to do with it. It probably does. But again, that's just one of those playing GM aspects that you can't involve yourself with because you'll lose sight of what you have to do. And I really got to give, you know, credit to the people around me, the, the coaches, the, the, the staff, my family, my, my friends that understand the game of just not losing sight of what your work is about every day, because that's what I felt like I've done a good job of is just focusing on what's going to make me great. Um, With that being said, I don't expect the, just the way that I was raised, you know, two really hardworking parents in Ohio. um, You know, I don't expect to come up here and be given you know, five stars. I'm not entitled to anything other than what I've earned tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I expect to have to go out and earn another outing. And that's the way I'm going to look at it. Hopefully until they tell me I can't play this game anymore. So uh, I I understand where, where I stand, but I, I know that I've earned it and I'm going to keep earning it.
0: Did you ever play against Ben attendee in the Cincinnati area? Um, he's a little bit younger than me actually. If I'm, thanks. So. I think he's 26.
2: Yeah, yeah. he's a, so he's a year he's a year younger than me. Um, I don't I think we might have played against each other a couple times. Um, he was with my organization my uh, summer team's uh, organization for a, for a number of years, and I always kind of knew the legend of Andrew attendee. Never really met him um, until I got here, but definitely definitely skirted him, played against him a couple times in the youth leagues in Ohio.
0: Who are some of your favorite pitchers growing up? Or, you know, obviously, I'm assuming you were a Reds fan. Yeah,
2: big, big, big Reds fan growing up. We we watched almost, you know, every game, every every single game. Um, and I'm only 15 minutes from that stadium. I loved watching. These are non-pitchers, but Griffey, uh, Larkin, um, Scott Scott Rowland. I mean, those were those were, you know, the guys I loved to watch play. The pitchers that I've really enjoyed watching on the Reds, um, Mike Leake, Bronson Arroyo, Johnny Cueto, when those guys came through, man, Johnny Cueto, when he was with the Reds, was just fabulous. Um, I mean, he's still fabulous. So love watching those guys pitch. Uh, but the Andy Pettits, the Cole Hamels, Cliff Leaves of the world, love, love, love watching those guys throw. Um, John Lester, you know, I think he threw great yesterday. Um uh, I really enjoy watching him pitch so you kind of your typical lefty uh guys that can command the zone and 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 give you innings or you know those are the guys i really like to watch pitch
0: and correct me if i'm wrong but i believe that your roommates with kyle Schwarber for a time there in indiana uh, the whole time he was there the whole time. yeah so he, he him and i are the same age he obviously
2: got drafted his junior year i went down with tommy john So I I stuck behind for another two seasons and and completed a fifth fifth year, senior year. But uh, he's he's one of my good buddies. He's probably one of only three three of my friends that I texted, you know, before the news broke. Uh, And he he sent me a text probably that that hit home the most. He just said, you know, the butterflies are going to be there. The anxiousness is going to be there. But when you you step on the mound, it's all business and uh that's kind of where my mind's going to be throughout the day tomorrow is is on those words that he sent me
1: and how close were you to uh sam travis and then obviously coming up through the system too
2: very close with sam uh lived with sam pretty much every spring training um i was with him in, in the gcl when he tore his acl uh i only got to play with him Last year in AAA, obviously, because his, his professional career started earlier than mine, mm-hmm. and he was at a, a level or two above me. Um, so finally getting to play with him last year was really fun, brought back a lot of memories. And he gave me some advice that has really stuck with me since the first day that I was drafted and started playing in the GCL. He said to me, you have got to make them, you know, call you up. Every step, you you have got to force their hand. It's it's on nobody but you um, to go out. And he he always just said, I hate the minor leagues. I don't want to be in the minor leagues. I'm a big <laughs> league ball player. That's the way you have to think. Um, and that that's always kind of resonated with me as well.
1: Yeah, a personal question on, on him. Is he as intense all the time as we all think he is, like when we interview him? Or does he ever turn that off?
2: Um, honestly, most of the time he is. <laughs> but I mean, ob- obviously I've seen him let loose and he's, yeah. he's an outstanding dude, but he really is all baseball all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. even if he's like playing in a golf charity event or, or playing video games, like you'll still see some intensity, uh or, you know, even just talking baseball, the guy really, really loves the game. So yeah, 90% of that is, is him all the time.
1: When you talk about, you know, impressing at every level, trying to be called up, you look at just baseball reference, which I am right now, not only, you know, good stats during college and your years there, but, um, you know, you've had really good seasons at every level, uh, through, through the pros. I mean, there's not a bad season in here really. Um, how have you been able to maintain that consistency? You know, obviously, like you just said yourself, you know, the stuff isn't going to blow you away, but being able to, you know, keep moving up at every level and from college to AAA, A um, and really just be effective and, and kind of non-wavering in that.
2: Well, that, I mean, that's that's a good question. Number one, I would say staying healthy. Um, you know, I have my, my aches and sorenesses, but staying healthy is – like been number one on my mind because those are the guys, high picks, low picks, a lot of talent, a little bit of talent, like the guys that can just get out on the field every fifth day for for my you know job. That's crucial. Um, so staying healthy has allowed me to be really consistent. My actual mindset during the game that I think really helps me get ahead and stay ahead. If I fall behind mm-hmm. in the count, you know I might be able to survive for a couple innings, but if there's, you know, stretches and periods of time that I'm falling behind consistently, you know, that's where I'll start to struggle. So if I can stay ahead and, and, and especially get the lead off out of the inning, I feel really confident in my ability. Uh, but probably uh, one, one other thing that's really helped me is, is the routine aspect. And that's another thing that Sam and Kyle and, and some of the guys in the clubhouse here have helped me with. These big league guys just lean on their routine. I mean, and they're so good at executing it on a daily basis that I would say the routine of day one, day two, day three, day four, all the way into your start day, what you're eating, what, what, how long you're sleeping, those things just make success so much more likely. Mm -hmm. So me, it's, it's, it's almost so much about the in-between starts as it is, you know, the pitches themselves so getting a routine and executing it on a daily basis no matter what that is and believing in it that's really been a big factor for me too
0: kyle i um i think you were at indiana for five years because you retired one year because of the tommy john um what would you be doing right now if you weren't pitching would you study there what, what would you what do you think you'd be doing i got I have a major in environmental science that's what
2: my degree is in um i really like like forestry habitat management. Uh, I'm a big hunter, just, you know, just like Mitch and some, some other guys on the team. I love hunting, fishing, anything outdoors. So I, I really w- would think about going into ecosystem management. I don't know if I'd want to do it at the public or private level. Uh, a lot of people start, you know, working for the government and then kind of break off and do their own thing. But, uh, really anything that's going to get me outside and, and, uh, you know, manage, Wildlife or ecosystems at, at any level uh,
0: would be super interesting to me. Oh, wow, that's cool. Are you going? Uh, I don't think there is a practice on Wednesday today at um, Pawtucket. Are you going to work out at Fenway today or what?
2: So I just got to the hotel uh, in Boston and I, yeah, I think I actually haven't found out. I, I don't know if I'm permitted to stay for the game, but I'm going to go work out and throw. Uh, I think, you know just throwing a little bit the day before you pitch is is pretty crucial. So I'm going to go in and do that at
0: least. What's it been like being in this quarantine type atmosphere? I think you guys are at a hotel in Providence or, you know, the alternative, 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 uh, site is, is there's a hotel in Providence. What's it been like? What have, what have you done for eating and stuff like that, or just hanging out with the guys? So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been, um, a learning experience and,
2: And and now I think the learning experience is going to, you know, go to the next level because the the protocols here are similar, but they're enhanced, um, especially for, for travel and and things like that. But everything's been going pretty well down there. I mean, we don't do a whole lot. I think I I mentioned that on Monday. We we don't, we we don't do a whole lot. I mean, probably the riskiest thing that I've done is gone to Starbucks, um, and, and got a coffee, um, pretty pretty much been doing that every day but all most of our food is ordered everybody down there is taking it as serious as we can because we know if we get the opportunity to come here you could have an impact on a ton of different people's livelihood and you don't want to waver that in any way so i think everyone down there is really locked in the only people we hang out with are other players that we know are have tested negative i think you know, Dahlbeck hangs out in my room most nights playing his guitar. And that's pretty much been it. Uh, hung out Is he good? with DJ. He's good. Yeah. And he only picked it up. Uh, spring training, February. Really? Yeah. I think he might've bought his first guitar in February. So yeah, he, uh, he's, he's getting really good. Um, but yeah, everyone understands what's at stake here and trying to get this season completed. And you, you don't want to be, um, a negative impact in any way coming up to 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 Fenway. Do
1: you, you say play that you. With
2: him? Do, you Do play, I play with him? No, with no, I I'm in no way um, <laughs> musically inclined. I I, only, I can't even play one note on the guitar, but I like watching him learn. It, it's pretty fun to watch. What's his best song? Oh, he learns a new one every day. Really? Uh, but he's uh he loves John Mayer. Um, uh, loves loves Pearl Jam. Um, so that's kind of in his spectrum right now, but he's always, he's always trying to learn an intro or a solo somewhere.
1: Wow. Um, Kyle, we're not going to keep you much longer, but you mentioned <laughs> the other day that you, uh, Chris could ask you questions about Dahlbeck's guitar all day long, but yeah. um, you uh, you've given up golf, I guess, which is you, you know, uh, appear, appears to be kind of an important thing to you and that's had to go away because of quarantine
2: yeah I was playing in summer you know in the summer camp up here uh, with some of the guys, but it's 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 different when you' when you're here and we were getting on some of the uh, some of the private clubs up here and yeah, they are really safe like we didn't have to contact anyone else mm-hmm. and I just wasn't sure about the setups and the circumstances uh, surrounding some of the courses down in Providence or Pawtucket. so I chose not to chance it which, you know, it's fine. Um it's not something I have to do. It's just something I really enjoy doing, especially when when you can get out with your teammates, but um yeah, we 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 really haven't haven't been going much at all.
1: Are are you like among the best when you usually play or? Um
2: I'm above I'm above average golfer. Um I don't know. I mean, it just depends. Like some days some of the guys will beat me and other days if if my game shows up, I'll beat them. So, uh, I would consider myself you know, among the the top five or 10% probably, but it's also different. You know, like we have, we, we have nothing else to do as pitchers usually. So I don't have an excuse to not be good at golf. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) I don't have anything else to be good at, you know, so.
1: Uh, That's fair. I, I just started and I'm absolutely horrible. So I don't know what my excuse is. but. I
0: got one more question if you don't mind. Yeah. So if you're, like, you know, with guys that, you know, you look at, like, Roger Clemens or Justin Verlander, and if they don't have, you know, pinpoint control, they can, you know, still throw 99 or whatever and, you know, do that. Um, if you don't have pinpoint control where you're dealing to both sides of the plate and in a start, how, how, do you comp- how do you compensate? How do you get around that? Well, um, I, I mean, that's just not – that's just –
2: That's a good question. And that, that, that certainly happens to me, but I think you have to be, you have to be a little bit fearless. I mean, you, you know, if, if you're not, if you're not dialed in locating, then, you know, one, you're for me, I'm probably not going to be in the game very long if I'm not locating, because that's just almost not an option for me. But if you're not locating, then you have to attack with whatever you have that day in the zone. And, that's kind of go- that kind of goes with trusting your catcher and trusting your defense. And you know we got a pretty darn good defense up here. And when in doubt, I want to le- I want to try to let them make a play. Uh, my philosophy is pretty pretty simple on pitching. It's it's I want to get a guy out in the first three or four pitches. So I'm trying to miss their barrel early on. When I get to two strikes, I'm trying to miss the bat. That's kind of how I think about it. If I get to two strikes, I'm going to give you my best punch out pitch and miss your whole bat. Early in the count, I want to miss your barrel and get you out. So that's kind of where I'm at. But you know, my goal is to have my location and execution every single start. Do I have realistic expectations and understand that that's not going to happen? And especially with big league strike zones and and things in that nature. So you know, I understand your question, but hopefully you know maybe it lasts for an inning and you can break out of it but you know i'll be in trouble if that happens uh you know often
0: yeah as you said you can you might have one pitch that you know you can really command for that one inning or or you know you have a feel of one pitch as a you know so you can really go to that pitch yeah you know what i
2: mean (laughs) absolutely no yeah you're right so and the pitches will come and go i mean you'll you'll have a grasp of like uh, of my curveball for three innings and then I'll get in the middle of the fourth and it'll just be, I'll be like, you know, where did it go? And it's your job to, to be able to find it and find it quickly. You know what I mean? You can't sit there for an inning or for a, a whole round through the lineups searching for something. You have to be able to, to kind of go back to your cues and say, this is where I need to be on my curveball and, and so on. So uh, I'm a big believer in, being able to dissect your own mechanics and, and, you know, kind of just be like a, like a computer in a car. know when, know when the oil's leaking, no, when your gas gauge is low, know when the tire pressure is low, being able to identify, you know, where you're going wrong in the chain.
1: Cool. Well, Chris, uh, Chris could ask you questions all day, but we'll have uh, we won't
2: I would do say that. An hour except <laughs> you go to the field. So,
1: uh,
2: but I really appreciate Appreciate you guys, you know, reaching out and, Hopefully, we can have more discussions in the future.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, good luck tomorrow.
2: Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks.
1: See you.